Welcome to the Dangling Conversation. My name is Noah, and today I am with my good friend Emma Sneed. Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Emma, you've recently been to Ireland on your cross-cultural experience. Do you want to explain what a cross-cultural experience is first to like the people that don't go to Lee? Yeah, sure. So, Lee does a requirement when you come here that you have to participate in a cross-cultural experience. And what that means is that you go to a different culture for, I think, around two weeks, and you just participate in everything that their culture does, and you learn about them, you study them. They have domestic trips that you can go on, and then they also have global trips. So I knew kind of coming into Lee that I wanted to go more globally. Um, they do classes associated with it. Um, so you can kind of choose which trip you want, but I chose the one to Ireland over spring break. Do you, <clears throat> this is just kind of like a side note. Do you think Lee should use that as a requirement for graduation? Do you like that? Do you appreciate it? I do I don't know. I've actually thought about this, and I guess I don't know what my decision would be because on one hand, like, they cost a lot of money. Right. And I don't like that that is a requirement considering people already pay tuition. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is the one caveat that gets me. Now, after having been on a cross-cultural experience, I definitely see the benefits, and I understand why they would require it because they're seeing another culture besides your own right so i understand maybe the thought behind it the fact that they're so expensive kind of gets in the way of that so yeah i know like my sisters for hers they went to like colorado Mm. they i think they were doing first of all the fact that you say colorado with an a what am i supposed to say colorado (laughs) i've made fun of people for that before colorado what are you supposed to say I don't know. My family grew up in Colorado, and we said Colorado. You said it. You said <laughs> no, it with an a. You said Colorado. That's what you just said. No, I Say did it not. Again. Colorado. Raw. You're like rada rada raw rada. Yeah. That's stupid. Anyways, um, continue. <laughs> uh, like she, like that was just turned. That just turned into a vacation. It was just like like, it was a quote unquote cross cultural experience. But like, I think it had something to do with um like native americans but she talked about like she came home she's like no we we didn't do anything we went skiing (laughs) we went snowboarding Mm -hmm. uh we went like like they were basically just on this like lee sponsored party bus and she was like yeah like that was cool and it was fun but to make it like a school requirement just feels like a lot yeah and especially because like like i'm doing mine individually arranged i'm also going to ireland um but just to make that a requirement for graduation whenever like to make it a cross-cultural experience if you really want to experience a culture it's like you would spend a semester abroad Mm. i think that would be to get what they're actually going for that would be the requirement but you also can't expect that for everybody because like students have to work and whatever but I also think that if it was just about the cultural things, that you would find ways to do that in Cleveland, or you would find ways Mm. to do that in, let's say, going to Atlanta, Georgia, which is very close. Um, So I don't think that you necessarily have to travel so far to get that experience. Um, And Ireland was very good. I really was glad that I went, but I can understand why people are frustrated with having to go ours ended up being a lot more touristy yeah than i would say some of the other trips so sometimes even the trips differ with are they more mission oriented i had roommates who went to alaska over spring break and theirs was more visiting churches and doing Um. things like that versus mine i was going to museums yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, hiking up mountains, you know, doing all the more touristy things. So I think yeah. it just depends. Yeah. So talk about that a little bit. What was your itinerary for Ireland? Yeah, it was pretty cool. We did 
a lot each day. We would usually plan one big event that we would go to each day. And then in the afternoons, they would let us loose in the cities. So we kind of went to four big cities. So we started off in Westport. Then we went to Galway. um, Then we went to Killarney. And then Dublin. So we had four big stops. And we did really cool things in each one. We... The very first day of the trip, we hiked um, the Holy Mountain, Croke Patrick. Okay. And I would say that actually ended up being my favorite experience of the trip. Why? It was just one of those things where when you go on a trip with people you don't know. So my trip was 38 Lee students and then our adults. There was lots of us. I had already known three people on the trip, but I didn't know anyone else. So I think the reason the mountain ended up being my favorite was because it was the first day. Mm. And by the time we were hiking up the mountain and then going down the mountain, I was so much closer with already so many more people on the trip. Trauma bonding. (laughs) Trauma bonding. I was going to go with experience bonding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Probably also traumatic considering we were hiking up and down miles. Very dangerous. Um... It How many was miles just, was it? I think it was around five miles, but it was also up like the steepest incline I've ever experienced. Yeah. So I don't know. That was really special. I enjoyed getting thrown into ex- an experience with strangers. And then it's one of those journey things where you start climbing up the mountain and then you have the holy experience. And then when you come back <laughs> down, you're changed, you're transformed. <laughs> <laughs> so... I think that was very cool. And then that was that. And the other physical activity that we did was we actually, for one of the days, hiked, not hiked, so sorry, biked for around nine miles across an island. That's really cool. So I'm a big, just like outside and like physical activity gal. So Mm -hmm. hiking and biking were two of the coolest things. Yeah. So that was the first day. What did the city, what was the city life like in comparison? City life was crazy. I think it was cool and on our trip at least, and I hope your trip, you get to experience this as well. Ireland has such different cities. So the city that we started off in Westport was a small, very intimate, touristy, but in the way that everybody knows their way around and it's like three streets of these mom and pop shops. Okay. So not like Gatlinburg or no, very small, very intimate. And there was, I not hardly any people there, but a lot less people there. It was just a very like small um, kind of space. So I loved that the first night. And I guess in my head, that's what I was expecting for the rest of the time. Yeah. So then we got to Galway, which is the Ed Sheeran city. And there was just so many more people. And then Dublin, because it's the capital, even more people. Okay. So... It was very interesting. I would say in the small cities like Killarney and Westport, it was nice to go into these small shops and talk to the owners who had owned it for the past like 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, just very, a very fun and more cozy kind of atmosphere. And then we would go to the big cities right. and it was all about pub culture. Oh, Okay. So it wasn't like that in the smaller ones. It was, but it was more oriented towards I'm going to meet up with my the same people who come to the same pub every night mm. versus in Dublin. It's let's go find a different pub every night and meet strangers and talk to people. And It was like that way among the people. Yes. Interesting. Okay. So... There was less of a community sense in that, because what's that? What's that one show like? Is it Cheers, where it's like it takes place in a bar, and it's like a friend group where they all like frequent or own the bar or something? Yeah, like, maybe. That's the mom poth vibe. Mm-hmm. While the other, would you say it's like more? What was the age range for the people in the pubs? Mm. It was 
very spread. I would say you saw young people about our age, but it was mostly adults and like way older people. Um, the people I talked to were usually in their 50s, 60s. So it actually wasn't, you would, in your head, you think, oh, it's going to be a bunch of young people because it's like a bar. Mm -hmm. But their pubs are more just hangouts. And it was so many just adults. Okay. Okay. And as far as the community went, it was different types of community. In the small towns, the community was oh, I'm going to the pub to meet up with the same people who are always there. In yeah. the big cities, it was my community becomes whoever I'm with that night. Oh. That's one of the biggest things about Irish people is their hospitality. They are instantly friends with everybody that they meet. Really? Yes. Did you feel that as an American? Just like obviously being a foreign entity... I was expecting it to be like, oh, those Americans, like yeah. <laughs> those loud and obnoxious tourists, that kind of thing. But funnily enough, because Ireland depends on tourism to kind of keep their economy alive, right. they are completely fine with tourists. So every Irish person that I talked to did not mind so many tourists being there. Yeah, And they were very welcoming. They instantly as soon as we would sit down and start talking to somebody they would treat us like old friends and they would just tell us about uh -huh. their whole life so you you had to do some interviews with people right yes what were those like what were what were the kind of characters that you came across some pretty fun and weird characters uh lee requires you to do case studies and those are basically just interviews so for our trip we had to do four interviews with irish people and so the first night, I would say it was very awkward because we thought that we had to go out and just ask random people, like, if we could interview them. Right. It was just a very scary kind of daunting task. So I remember the first night we went into a pub and we found this this guy and this girl. And I would say they were in about their 50s and they just looked like a couple and there was four of us girls together and we actually basically bombarded them and we're like hey can we sit with you <laughs> <laughs> and we pulled up four chairs at their table and they were like oh sure <laughs> and they're so, like trying to have a date night yes. <laughs> and so we we pulled up chairs and we just started conversations with them and just started asking them about stuff we actually told that first couple that we were doing more of interviews of Irish people and they once we started those conversations it may have started off awkward but it gave us so much confidence for the later ones that it just got so much more comfortable throughout the conversation okay so that first couple they were just really funny they instantly were very intimate with us as if we were like family friends yeah the the guy was like spilling all the gossip so he, were they were they tipsy they were a little tipsy <laughs> uh he was teaching us about this like guinness challenge where you have to oh, no. you have to on your first sip of your guinness get it in between the harp and the lettering that says guinness oh so that's like what is that half i would say it's maybe about a little bit more than a fourth of, okay okay of the cup um, so he was doing that for us. He was talking about the culture. Then he was talking about his, his girlfriend and he was spilling all the tea. He was saying that they were actually moving in together that week. And, oh, wow. and he was saying that he like loves her cooking, but some of it he doesn't like. He was just really going at it. And she's just right there. She was right there. So she was also just like talking our ears off with everything um, about her life. And she had grown up in London and was also Irish and then had come back. They said they met on a dating app last August. Uh. <laughs> they, they were telling us everything. And then she went to the bathroom and he was like, oh yeah, she's got one of the Irish blessings, the gift of the gab. <laughs> and he was talking about how much she talks. <laughs> so it was just really funny. I think that kind of set the precedent of the rest of our case studies because yeah. I got to meet some cool people through those. I talked to a guy 
who was selling his paintings at um, an outside market in Galway. Yeah. He talked about how he painted the soul of Ireland. Aww. That was a cool conversation. And he was maybe in his 70s. He was pretty old. And then another one was I in Galway, I went to a pub where some of my friends were already talking to this group of people and this older guy named Patrick just like pulled me over to him <laughs> and was like, hey, I was just talking to your friends. Like, do you have any questions? And I was like, I guess so. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Um, was that creepy? Did it feel creepy? It didn't feel creepy because that's just how Irish people are. Okay. I think in any other country, I would have been like, oh my word, this guy Stay just pulled me over. Me. Stay away. Yeah. People were offering me drinks. Like they would be like, oh, you don't have a drink. Like, do you want me to go get you one? And I would have to be like, no, no I'm, okay. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was just fun. And they are very like Patrick that night was just very like you're in these loud pubs where like almost every single space is filled with people there was live music in that one so you had people playing like fiddles and all the things over to the side so you can barely hear them they have these some people had these deep north like irish accents yeah so sometimes you just had to hope that you could pick out one word of their sentence (laughs) and then continue the conversation yeah so it was just really interesting. And then my last night in Dublin, I would say, was my coolest experience with an Irish person because I ended up sitting by these two. I don't know why I gravitated towards all the grandpa <laughs> types, <laughs> but I saw these two old men and I ended up sitting beside them and just kind of asking them about their lives. Mm-hmm. And one of the coolest experiences was the guy ended up telling us that he was in a band in yeah. in college and he said that he it was it like was a, a cover BG, band, right? a yeah. BG cover <laughs> band <laughs> which made me laugh and we were talking about music and we asked him if he because he said he played the guitar we asked him if he wrote any songs and out of the blue like we didn't even ask him to he starts singing us one of the songs that he wrote yeah and i've told you this before noah i just started crying <laughs> I don't know why. Did I Did you pick a, out a word? Did no, you like understand no, what he I was could saying? I could not. I could not. I really could not. It was more the vibe than it was the the actual lyrics. Yeah. But I think it just got me that it was my last night and this stranger in a pub was singing me a song that he had written. Yeah. When he was in his 20s, like when he was my age. Mm-hmm. It was just very I don't know, it was a full circle cool experience it's one of those experiences that you're like i'm glad i went on this requiredly cross-cultural trip because i would have never experienced that right no that's so cool did you um i think one of the things that you had said earlier in our conversations was that the way that they work is different like their approach to life and work is different I can't remember what you said exactly. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Maybe I mentioned they had said they don't work for money. Yeah. Yeah. They work for the pleasure of working. Mm -hmm. They just, even the artist that I ran, like that we talked to on the street was just talking about how Irish people just because of tradition they want to work and put in all their effort and they always do 110 percent but they're not in it to be famous they're not in it to make millions and like have all this power they are so content with having a good day's work and then going to the pub and (laughs) and having a good night yeah did did they talk at all about um, Americans and, like, their perception of Americans? Because I know you said that they were, like, friendly to tourists and stuff like that. But did they, did they mention anything specific? They didn't really have anything bad to say about Americans, which okay. kind of made me laugh because I was expecting them to be... Like, bust your chops or whatever. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. And probably my funniest experience was we were talking about St. Patrick's Day, which was actually mm-hmm. very close after we left and one of the ladies we were talking to said she said you know america may celebrate saint patrick's day more than we do really (laughs) yeah she was very impressed with 
all of like the United States like celebrations, mm-hmm. um, which made me laugh. And I'm guessing that they just have so many Americans come and travel and visit and study abroad and things like that, that they like they were completely fine. I never heard like a bad word about Americans. That's cool. Would you would you visit Ireland again? And would you would you live in Ireland given the opportunity? I would absolutely visit again. As far as living there... Because those are definitely two different questions. Yeah, where they it's like, are. You can always visit somewhere, but to live there is something else. I don't think that I could live in Dublin. Mm. I have been to a lot of big cities before. I've been to D.C., like New York City. Um, for some reason, Dublin just gave me so much anxiety of their is so much going on and it's like completely safe and but just for the same reason i wouldn't live in new york city probably would be the same reason i wouldn't live in dublin now killarney ended up being my favorite city and i possibly could see myself living there how big was killarney killarney was like i would say Dublin was the biggest, Westport was the smallest, and Killarney was kind of in the middle. In the middle. Yeah. Um, so I don't know about living there. I mean, I think it would be a really cool place to live. I don't know if I would consider that as like a rest of my life type of thing. Yeah. You had mentioned that there was somebody you ran into who had family in Tennessee, right? What was, what was that? What was that situation? It was crazy. The last night, again, I was with these two grandpas, like these two old men yeah. over to the side. The rest of my group was talking to this couple um, on the other side of the pub. And all of a sudden I get called over. They're like, Emma, come over here. Mm-hmm. And they had told this couple that they were from the States. And the couple said, oh, the girl, she said, I have family in the states she was like in tennessee and our group was like oh we're from tennessee yeah and she said oh that's crazy she said my like second cousin lives in saudi daisy yeah and of course my friends knew that i'm from that like the small city of saudi daisy outside of chattanooga and they just started freaking out they called me over i came over and was just astounded that it wasn't even Chattanooga that it was specifically. It was just like so close. Yeah. So close. So she like looked her up on Facebook to show me if, to see if I knew her and I didn't know her, but it was this woman who lives in Hickson, which is the exact same city I live in outside of Saudi Daisy. And she works at Erlanger hospitals, which is the hospital that I was born in. Yeah. Like it was crazy. I was like a small world to meet somebody in Ireland. And the same that's, that's, that's absolutely wild. Yeah. Um, does, is there anything that you would have changed about the trip that you would have spent more time doing? Mm -hmm. Or like, if you went back, you would like not do that again. I don't know. I feel like it was a good spread of experiences. There's probably a couple things that now that I've done them once, I wouldn't necessarily do again. Right. Um, like some of the museums and things. Right. Um, you saw the Book of Kells, right? Yes, the Book you of Kells. You guys met up with the English trip, right? We did. Okay. So we got to meet up with the group of Lee students who were in Cambridge for the semester abroad. And they met up with us. We actually did a night of Irish dancing classes with them. So that was a very cool experience. I had a couple of close friends on that trip who I got to meet up with and dance with. And um, so very cool experiences. We did this cringy Irish show the last night where... It was one of those things that you expect to be in like Gatlinburg where it's like an Irish kind of show where they like bring in people to sing Irish songs and like dancers and things. It just felt so out of place to be in Ireland. Yes. To be in Ireland watching that. Um, So maybe something like that I wouldn't do again. Okay. Um, I don't know. The one thing I would say that I wish that I didn't have to experience on the trip was 
one of the days in Dublin, I just had this like anxiety all day of not really knowing why I was anxious. Um, and I think it was just because there was one day where they let us completely free into the city yeah. and I was just overwhelmed by the fact that we didn't have plans and we had to kind of come up with them on the fly and make our way around this like big city. Um, I don't know. It was also hard just because you're with so many Lee students your age. So comparison was a really easy thing to fall into. Mm. Um, one of those things where you're like, I am in another country and I shouldn't be struggling with like comparing myself to this other person on the trip who like got to do this or like has gotten closer with these people um I think that was something that now looking back I'm like oh like I wish I wasn't kind of thinking about that kind of things I wish I could have just enjoyed it yeah no that makes a lot of sense so like kind of taking the same question but making it broader we're about to be seniors and graduation is like literally a year from now crazy how do you feel about your college experience is there is there that kind of same mentality of like oh like i wish i would have like stayed in the moment a bit more or like not compared myself like do you get what i'm saying yeah absolutely i think it's I think I'm probably always going to look back. I mean, to be fair, we're college students. Like, it happens to everybody. I think I probably will look back and wish that I wasn't so concerned with the way that people perceive me or friendship, like certain friendships, how how they turned out or how much time I was spending. I don't know. I feel like there's always going to be things you look back on. But overall, I will say I have had a great experience and I think I'm going to look back on it and be happy with the things because I really have tried to be intentional, kind of living in the moment and appreciating things and the people like being grateful for the people yeah that i've met and things like that now freshman year was rough <laughs> right <laughs> so there's always going to be some things i think that i look back because even freshman year there was some good things yeah but what was so difficult about freshman year freshman year was just one of those times where i was really close with my roommate but because i was close with her we just didn't go out and do stuff Mm. and I was afraid to go out and do stuff without her so when she was busy I didn't want to go anywhere I had so much this is funny looking back now because I'm like why did I have this I was so anxious about eating at the calf by myself really yes I don't know why I I remember I struggled if I knew I wasn't going to have my roommate to eat dinner with I just wouldn't go out and i would eat like a micro like microwave mac and cheese oh that's so sad it's so sad sad. i was so anxious i didn't want to be alone in the cafeteria yeah i mean you do i I mean and, and this is definitely more so now but i think you do a great job of if you don't feel as if you'd be able to enjoy the moment you just wouldn't hang out and like i i really respect that about you because it's like my struggle sometimes is like, okay, like I want to hang out, but while I'm hanging out, I'm just like thinking about all the school and all the like, like I need to do laundry or whatever, mm-hmm. but you do such a good job of like, um, I could hang out, but like if I did, I'd be stressed. So <laughs> I'm just, I'd rather not. And I'd rather like hang out a different time where we can like both enjoy that time. <laughs> so thanks. I mean, I think it's been a process of especially working on boundaries yeah has been a big thing for me the past year because I love my Lee friends and a lot of the people who I've actually become really close with were people who I met freshman year but who I didn't get close with until sophomore year yeah and you're like you're probably one of those people Mm -hmm. um but because we met in gateway class yeah so I think and I just have gotten so much closer with everybody that I have realized that I need to also make sure that I'm prioritizing those relationships 
in the same way that I would be if we weren't all living on campus together. Right. So I want it to be more intentional. I've tried to be more aware that it can't just be a relationship of proximity. Yeah. Because a lot of friendships, you're friends with that person while you have a class with them for the semester. And yeah. then as soon and as it's never over, see them you again. never talk to them again. I was, I was talking to my roommate about this because he's getting married in May. And I said something I've realized is like, oh, Weston, like, I think we've hung out outside of the apartment like twice. And he and then he like stopped. He goes, no, no, surely that's (laughs) not true. And then like we started talking about it and we're like, oh, man, like and and then but he made this really good point where he's like, sometimes people talk about like we wouldn't be friends if blah, blah, blah. And he was just like, why is that a bad thing? Mm. Um, and he basically was just like, like, like he talked about, cause he's worked at like the Leonard center and he's like, there are some people that are like, we wouldn't be friends if we never worked at the Leonard center. And he's like, well, I'm just very thankful that like we did work at the Leonard center rather than like, I think all relationships start off on a basis of convenience mm. and it takes after that to realize, okay, like how intentional can you be whenever it's not super convenient because like i know my freshman year i was friends with tons of people like on my hall and my dorm and i still am Mm -hmm. but the level of relationship changed simply because like you know it it, it was really hard for me to be in relationship with like billy jared and doneal who were like pretty much my main friend group my sophomore year as opposed to like luke sizemore and nick schaefer and like those guys simply because like it's funny because we were on the same Brinsfield Hall, <laughs> but like being on that row, there was still a level of separation where yeah. it was just like not convenient to like go over and hang out all the time. Mm-hmm. But I've definitely felt that. And I mean, just getting more like psychological for the past year, I've really hung on to the philosophy that you have friends for a time, yeah, friends for a reason or yeah. friends for like a season yeah um how is season different from time so so it's friends for a time friends for a reason season like that's your second one and then friends for life oh so it's like those three categories so friends for a time is just the proximity thing yeah where it's like oh we both work on this on-campus job and we see each other so like we're going to be friends then but then like not after And then you move into the friends for a reason or season one where you can, you are close with somebody, maybe outside of just how you were like proximity wise. And it lasts for like maybe longer and you are grateful for that experience, but it doesn't last forever. Yeah. And then you've got those really lucky friendships that do end up lasting past college and into your adulthood. I know you and I have joked, we're always like, we don't want to be those friends who only text each other on our birthdays. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But like, at the same time, is it better to like, I think it's better to receive that text and have that acknowledgement of like, there's still mutual love Mm -hmm. than just be like, oh, like, well, we haven't talked since, so I'm not going to. Oh, absolutely. And I think the closer that I get to graduating, like going into senior year, I start getting super existential. (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) And I start having conversations every time I sit down with a friend. I'm like, so let's think about life. (laughs) 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 Um, But I keep thinking about the fact that everybody moves away after college. Yeah. Like in high school, Everybody and you're just going to be in away. Chattanooga, right? Yeah, I think I'll probably stay in Chattanooga at least the first couple years. But it's it's just hard because you become close with these people. You become close with high school friends and then everybody goes off to different colleges. Yeah. Then you become close with college friends, but everybody's from all over the country. And then they just go back. Yeah. And so you kind of do have to figure out in your head, there are some people that you do want to be like your friend's like for life after college but even just the thing of like it that doesn't mean that you guys being separated and like only texting each other on your birthday means that you're not like good friends anymore well I think part of it is I want to be able like so if I were to move across the country and if you were going to be in a similar part where it's like you know I'll be an hour away or whatever like I would want 
I would want like there to be a level of understanding between my friends that like it's all love in the sense that like you can like we it, this was crazy my mom um had a friend from home from Indianapolis like growing up um she wasn't really a Christian um but like she didn't come from a great home and so my mom going into college was kind of like I really do need like good Christian friends to like help build me up and so like whenever she would come home from summer she didn't like prioritize that relationship as much um but out of the blue I think I was like five or six she reaches out to my mom and was just like hey how are you doing I know you're in Cincinnati we're gonna be coming through there I'd love to see you and then my mom's like yeah sure of course and they start hanging out and like she talked about like your family witnessing to me and like being a stable example of like what a family is like it it like she she ended up becoming a christian and all this other stuff and like we i, I like i just remember i remember her son being really annoying that's what i remembered <laughs> from that but then two summers ago we went we went out west they live outside of las vegas and we flew into vegas we ended up spending the night with them and it was one of those things that like that's what i would want to do where it's like mm -hmm. you know my mo i don't even know if they exchange happy birthdays like that mm. but it was one of those things where it was really cool to appreciate the legacy of their friendship in that sense that like I like I loved her husband and her like her son is now like 13 or 14. So like he was cool now and like, oh, and is he, he's cool now. He's cool now. OK, <laughs> but, like, but like it was it was actually just like, wow, like that's something I would want to do with my friends where yeah. you could not talk for years and. It's not hatred. It's just it's just life. And I think that kind of carries over from high school mm. where they have that mentality of like, oh, because we haven't talked, that means we're not on good terms when that's just like. That's just not life. You can't mm. the people that like I only know people that like call their mom every day. I know people <laughs> like that. Mm -hmm. Imagine that with like just a normal friend. I don't think that would be healthy no. at all. That's like codependent. You and I have had lots of conversations about how our personalities are very, we can be close with people without talking to them for a long time. Yeah. And we don't feel the need to hang out every single day no. to prove that we're good friends with someone. Yeah. So like my friendships from high school, I have my two best friends that I have grown up my whole life with. We, during the semesters, maybe text like, twice right while we're at school because we all three go to different colleges and we come back in the summer and we hang out all the time and we are back to completely normal some people would say us not talking during the school year is toxic or like yeah. us not being intentional and we should be doing better but none of us feel the need it's one of those friendships where you get so comfortable that you no longer have to prove yourself yeah. by having to text them or call them to check up on them because you do care. It's just you recognize that you have other friends and other life stuff going on. Because also, like, if you, you had something together, come up, yeah. if you had something come up and you reached out to them, there's no doubt that they'd be, like, checking up on you. They would and, absolutely like, be there. Yeah. Um, so it's one of those things that, yeah, you just come together after a long amount of time and you're back to completely how it was mm -hmm. whenever you left. I think those are some of the friendships that I prize the most, which is why I'm not as worried when it comes to graduating. Yeah. Because I still recognize that I want to kind of remain friends with a lot of these people and that it's not going to be a big deal for me if we are only able to get together once a year or once every couple years or something like that yeah and i think like when i was talking to weston my roommate about this i think two days ago but the fear of like what moving away entirely means mm -hmm. because like living in cincinnati and then coming to tennessee my natalie was still here and i knew a couple people that had already gone to the school so there was like that level of security and familiarity coming down here i i was just thinking about like what would it be if i just like completely packed up and went to like portland yeah and like 
obviously still having that transformation of like my friendships change because now they're long distance or whatever. And then it suddenly became like, how do you make friends again? How yeah. do you, how do you, how do you, and, and my, my roommate and I basically our whole basis was like church. Like yeah. whenever you transition into having a career, your friendships are church and your job. And I'm trying not to view that as like being sad yeah. because like, that's just, that's just what life becomes. And that's not like a bad, and like, like Weston, we were talking about being intentional. Um, he like, what a Lee word that is intentional. Intentional. Yeah. It's a buzzword here. Um, he just talked about like, yeah, it would be really easy to just like be married and she's the only person I see. Yeah. And then I was like, yeah. And then imagine having a kid like, I have a friend back home who like just told me that his wife is pregnant and that was crazy. And he's like, now I want 15 kids. I was just like, (laughs) how about you get, how about you push out the first one and discover that you have no time or money Uh and no sleep and then tell me you want 15. And so it's just like, like it, it, for some reason, like your relation, your degrees of relationship change so many ways. And then whenever you have one, whenever you get married, they have to shrink in just cause like you can't, you can't, you're not going to have roommates. You're not going to be like spending time with friends as a priority as much. And then on top of that, like when you have a kid, mm. oh man, like it just shrinks so much more. I will say it makes me scared. Um, my parents do not have friends. Like mm-hmm. they are, they work at the church. They are teachers. They do their jobs. We have an incredible family. But I always tell them, I'm like, y'all bro, need y'all need friends. I'm like, you cannot, because I'm scared. Or is it just like different, is it friendships in different forms? Or is it more so like they just, because like the way we might picture a friendship might be different than what they experience. They have adults, especially at our church, that they have like been really close with in the past and that they are, that they're friends with, I guess I would say. They just don't ever hang out with people besides our family and they don't make time for that so I'm always afraid I'm like what's gonna happen when your kids grow up and graduate and move on get married move out then like you don't have anybody like your age to continue with which I guess is why I've been so grateful to still be friends with high school people and then I want to continue being friends with college people the other thing I get scared about is I want to be a middle school teacher (laughs) so as it's just about the different stages of life too so many of my friends are dating or getting married right now yeah and just being single I'm like okay I am worried about making friends in the future but I'm also worried like how do you find a boyfriend when you're a teacher yeah like you only like the (laughs) the one male who's your age who's also a teacher at your school i I was talking to i was talking to my friend uh teddy about this because like he's a senior like not a senior he's like a single guy at a college at college geez at a church (laughs) where it's all like young married couples yeah and i was just like is it hard because like anytime a single girl walks through those doors (laughs) all the elders are gonna be like you know our boy Teddy here. Like, <laughs> yeah, the one single guy. Yeah, in the church. like, like, uh, that's. The, yeah. And then it becomes, and then it's like the thing of like, do you just do? <laughs> this is so bad. <laughs> it's just like, do you just? It's like, at what point are you just like, ah, uh, yes, no other options. Like, <laughs> just like not not necessarily settling, yeah. but like, do you get what I'm saying? No, Where completely. like you just reach that point in life, you're like being married would be a great convenience this person has similar life goals and we get along well enough like yeah is that too no I'm scared because really besides like as a teacher like that's gonna be my main job so if I I'm gonna be exhausted when I come back like home each night but I am gonna have to force myself to like go out and do stuff with friends yeah and be social and try and meet new people yeah um so I, I'm not necessarily afraid that like my expectations will lower, but I think depending on how many years further it takes as my friends get into all of these further stages of life yeah. with getting married, getting engaged, which has uh, like already kind of started to happen. I think I'm going to start feeling like I have this deadline on my shoulders. Yeah. Um, 
and then I think that's going to make kind of this like desperate kind of feel that I just don't want to happen because I want to be able to enjoy the next 10 years of my life without feeling like I have to meet people or have to keep the same friends that I had in high school and college I think I want to be very flexible about just getting out there I've also heard which is interesting I don't even remember where I heard this that the easiest way to make friends the make new friends is to have a spot that you routinely go to oh so i guess maybe i listened to a podcast or something about this this is not my wisdom like you yourself or you with other people you yourself so you need to start frequenting something that you're going to on a on a basis whether that's like a daily basis weekly basis because you start having that as a routine and you find the other people who Who are also doing that as a routine and i've heard some like i guess someone say that that's the quickest way in the easiest way to make new friends and that actually connects back to what you were saying about church like the reason it becomes so easy to meet people at your new church is because that's somewhere you're going every single week yeah no that's that's really interesting i guess i never i guess it is the same principle with church i always thought of like I think a a lot of it has to do i used to view young adults groups very negatively Mm. because i'm like they just like they're just a dating pool that they put like a blanket of religiosity over it Mm. um which is not untrue i don't think that's untrue i think it just kind of depends on your intentions like dr peterson was talking about like he did school for 13 years straight and i don't think he got married until he was like 42. his wife is like 25 when they got married um but he was like yeah like i knew i wanted to be married i knew i wanted to have kids so like i was going to every conference i was going to every worship night because like i knew like i had faith that like god would put me with someone that was righteous but um i didn't just like expect her to be like the pizza delivery person (laughs) that like like i'm not gonna sit in home every night and then just expect god like that's lazy yeah and he talked and i think one of the things that comes from that is like if you go to a bar to meet people like if you're a christian and you go to a bar to meet people that's just doesn't make any sense because like i don't you know there's no problem with going to a bar or whatever but like just as a random person that that individual will not have the same values as you yeah so whenever you go to church or like a young adult group and you see okay like these are other young single people general age range that will have similar values as me like young adults groups are just christian tinder (laughs) and that's not necessarily a bad thing yeah and then additionally like like weston and i we were talking about like the whole friends thing and it was like how do you make friends i was like what about like like i guess you would make friends through like magic night because like (laughs) i i do magic the gathering or whatever and then I was like, ugh, like those people as my only friends, that does not necessarily feel like an edifying, like very uplifting community. Yeah. I don't know. I think it just, it just depends on what you're looking for. Like I liked your thought about how like you can't just sit in your house and like yeah. expect someone to like be sent to you if that's like the plan. I feel like that kind of runs into the topic of, like even relationship wise i'm thinking of like soulmates Cringe. like people always say like okay well like god has picked out someone for you so like he'll like make sure that like that you meet them so they almost use that as an excuse of like so i can just like never go outside again <laughs> and like like he'll make sure i meet them somehow she'll ascend from that yeah literally yeah. and i'm always like no you have to take some responsibility like if you want new friendships or you want a new relationship yes god is going to have someone like ready for you or have you ready for them or like he does play a big part but you also can't be lazy you can't neglect that if you want new friends you have to step up and go to places and whether that's like church youth stuff or not 
um, young adult stuff, but you have to be willing to seek after those people with the same values and not just expect it to be handed to you, which I guess is back to the buzzword of like intentionality. Um, I think it's a buzzword for a reason. Like it actually makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Yeah, no, it definitely like, like in terms of intentions, I think something that has spoken to me a lot was Doniel's intentionality with me after he got married Mm. because we had a lot of conversations about like, okay, like how is our relationship going to change? I can't like, I can't come over to your place. He would come over to my place because like, like I had the space for it. But now like we, we had conversations about this where it was like, okay, like, like I'll t- like obviously I'm going to text you guys before text or call you guys before I come over. And you know, if a week goes by and like I'm busy with school or whatever, I really appreciate that he does this, but he'll text me. He's like, Hey, like I haven't seen you in a bit. Like, how are you doing? Just mm-hmm. want to check up. And so it makes it feel very even in the sense that like, I, yes, I do want to spend time with you and him being a married individual is like still aware of like, yeah, like, you are one of my really good friends and I don't want to like lose that or like get lost in the sauce or whatever. Um, I think it also comes like a big part of that is probably the fact that it's like a reciprocating kind of friendship. I think it can be really hard when you are the only person seeking after another person Mm -hmm. and they're not showing any like intention back. I always struggle with the fact that I feel like I'm not doing enough for the friendships. You have those people on campus who you're like, I know them. And yes, like we could be probably closer if we went and did more stuff together. But they're just more like an acquaintance that you like wave and talk to on the sidewalk. Um, And I always beat myself up. I'm like, oh, I'm not being intentional enough. I'm not reaching out to them to like spark this friendship more and hang out more but I also have to remind myself like a friendship goes both ways so they're also not reaching out to me to do stuff Um, I think it's just important with friendships that you are reaching out and helping them but you're also receiving stuff back like they are also checking up on you and wanting to see you Mm -hmm. I don't know I like the idea that friendship kind of goes both ways and that it's not just one-sided yeah. Well, I'm going to thank you so much for being on my podcast. Do you have any advice, any things you want to plug, any things you want to last thoughts? Oh, my word. Um, I'm not thinking of anything to plug. I wish I had something to promote here. But thanks for having me. I had a really good time. <laughs> I feel like we have these conversations all the time anyway. Yeah. So it, now we're just holding mics <laughs> on my couch. And that's the only difference. Yeah. <laughs> Usually we're just like in the car or something, like, mm, like mm-hmm. having these deep conversations. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I, I, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, please check out my other ones as I could try to continue this series of uploading every other week. Um, a little behind on that right now. But this will be up by the deadline, so it counts. Um, But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening.